Sports 56, WHBQ Memphis, and W253DF Memphis. Flynn Broadcasting Stations. Now, back to sports time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Good & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. We welcome you back. Five o'clock hour. It starts every Friday now through the Final Four, we hope, with Jason Munns from the Commercial Appeal. And Jason Munns presented by Jim's Place Grill in Collierville. Over 100 years of charcoal grill steaks at Jim's. Over 100 years of celebrations, family time, and great memories. The Terrace family with their touch for our community with recipes that date back to the beginning in downtown to now in Collierville at the railroad tracks at Poplar and Houston Levy. Go online at jimsplacegrill.com. Don't forget the E in grill. And that's a perfect holiday gift stocking stuffer to get a gift card for at Jim's Place Grill. Every steak grilled perfectly over an open flame. Come to Jim's and taste and see the difference. Lunch hours, Monday through Friday, 11A to 2 p.m. Dinner hours, Monday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. Since 1921, a Memphis landmark. Hard work, values, and a dedication to their very valuable diners. The Terrace family's created a memorable dining experience. The lunch menu, it's got all the staples like the souffle mild, the shrimp cocktail, crab cakes and those salad dressings all homemade at dinner the calamari soup seafood and the steaks what they're famous for fillets ribeyes and strips in the fantastic bar area all at jim's place grill in collierville go online and book your holiday party right now for that and tomorrow settle in and enjoy one of the great sports days jason Mons feels like we hadn't t- checked with you in a while and you've been halfway around the world since we last talked and y'all ain't gonna believe this I hope you're sitting down. (laughs) You would expect traveling out of the country the day before Thanksgiving, the same day as the game, would uh, make for some uh, complications, Uh some hiccups, some hurdles. Uh, The trip there and the trip back could not have gone any smoother. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm, Jason, I'm I swear, now. last last year on Thanksgiving, I had the same experience going to Michigan, Ohio State. I got home two hours earlier than the itinerary said I would. <laughs> uh, you and me are out here busting holiday travel myths. We really are. And, I mean, people were friendly. Nothing. Like when you turn on all the news channels, yeah. on, on, on Thanksgiving morning, the Today Show always show just carnage uh-huh. out at the airport. Yep. Yeah. And and I I I mean I granted that the uh the Wednesday, last Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, the, the line uh at at the Memphis airport at four o'clock, four in the morning, uh was as backed up as I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. But it I got there in plenty of my flight wasn't until five thirty, so I got there in plenty of time. Uh, and, and it wasn't like I just stood there for, you know, a ton of time. We moved pretty consistently. So, uh, I don't know now, now I'm, now I'm worried about the rest of the year. Uh, the first, uh, the first real trip of the season went off without a hitch. And so now I'm worried about the rest of the year. Well, I mean, you uh, you deserve that. After some of the trips you had last year and especially conference play, you deserved an easy trip to and from. 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe I'm. Uh, <laughs> maybe this is the universe owing me. Maybe owing me an easy one. <laughs> maybe. Well, uh, I know. I want to get to uh, what happened down in the Bahamas last week. I want to talk about tomorrow's game against Ole Miss, but I want to start with Mikey Williams because that's kind of been what everyone has been talking about these last 24 hours or so. After we heard that he's accepted a plea deal, uh, one charge, um, and that could be um, dropped down to a misdemeanor um, if he completes uh, some classes, does. Commu- Community service. What have you heard um, since that ruling yesterday on Mikey Williams, and what do you expect for these next, you know, eight to twelve months for Mikey Williams? So, uh, you, you, yeah, I mean, you pretty much summed it up. He uh, the, the the nine felony counts that he was facing, he's now facing one, yeah. um, and, and he pleaded guilty to it. He had initially plead, uh, pleaded guilty to pleaded not guilty. Excuse me. To all of the nine uh, uh, felonies that he was facing, and um, after uh, essentially uh, his legal team brought in a new member, Randy Grossman, and over the past few weeks, um, they've kind of they yeah they struck a deal with the uh, with the district attorney, and um, and and so yeah, so in, in exchange for pleading guilty to uh, making criminal threats. Um, he has, yeah, he, he, uh, I mean, basically he's going to avoid jail time. If he, if he does what he is supposed to do as part of the plea agreement, which is anger management course, uh, a gun safety course. Um, and I spoke to, uh, Randy Grossman earlier today and he told me that Mikey has already completed, uh, I believe it's the gun, the gun safety course and Mm -hmm. is in progress. The, The anger management course is in progress. Uh, there's 80 hours of community service, and then the big one is he has to, uh, like, uh, um, the bottom line is he's got to keep his nose clean until August right. 12, 2024. And, and, which and Jason, it could be a great learning experience for yeah. him. And, and I, I more or less said this the other day, Jason, and I swear I would say it about any player anywhere. It's not because it's local. It's not because it, I, I would say it about Louisville. I, I would say it about any player Anywhere, I think it's very important in our system, no matter the severity of the charges, and these charges were plenty, plenty severe, plenty serious. But once you stand in front of the bar of justice, once you go through the process, we go on from that decision. And I don't think a guy should 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 be should be that that should be held against him for for the rest of his life. And and under these guidelines and provisions. Go on and have your life, and and maybe have a great story coming through the other side. Yeah, make uh, what do they say? Is it making making uh, lemon. Uh, well, chicken yeah. salad, but we'll we'll go with lemons. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know what the I don't know what the yeah. saying is, but yeah, like make, turning something bad into a positive. Mm-hmm. Right, you can learn from it if you can uh, serve as a lesson for others and all that good stuff. I mean. The other, the other part of this was there was a ton of mitigating factors and zero aggravating factors. Um, if you, if you, if you, you know, listen to what his attorney says, and uh, among those is he's a young man. He's 19 now. It happened when he was 18 years old and had never been in trouble a day in trouble in, uh, a day in his life. Uh, no priors, no, no, no criminal history whatsoever beforehand, and um, no indication that there will be any otherwise uh, in the future. Um, uh, you know, he's he's 
uh, again, before before he even made this plea deal, he had already done some of these things, the uh, uh, anger management course, the gun safety course, all that stuff. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, as far as what it means for Memphis, uh, we really have to just kind of wait and see what Memphis says. Mm-hmm. And they haven't said anything yet. Um, I've, I've been trying for the last 24 hours to get some sort of something out of Memphis, and they've been quiet. Like, they, they're, they're you know, not responding. Um, mm-hmm. And I would imagine that's, you know, for good reason. They're digesting this. They're probably talking things. There's probably a lot of people that uh, have to put their heads together and come up with a course of action. But as far as Mikey is concerned, he's free to leave California if he wants to. If uh, you know, he can do. He can kind of do what he wants to as long as he meets those. Um, I think we might have lost Jason there. Johnny, see if you can get Jason back on the phone. I think we lost him there. But we'll try to get him back up. But, I mean, that seems like yeah, that, that that's where we are in that case. And, yeah. and, and, and Brad, I don't, I don't want to go on a big screen here because I, I am very, very pro-police. I'm very mm-hmm. pro the, 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 the laws of our society. But I also know in too many cases we, we, the, the throwaway, the key stuff, it right. has not worked. Right. It has not worked. It's only developed kind of the, 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 the big prison culture that nobody's learning anything from. Mm-hmm. I know somebody could have been seriously harmed in this, but they weren't. Right. And maybe this is the, the example, or this is the case where he will, he will learn from it. Mm-hmm. And I would say it about any person, ball player or not, Memphis or not. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think we got Jason back. Uh, Jason, sorry, I think we lost you there for a second. Anyway, the, the the long story short is that, I, as far as whether like what it means for him, I do not get the impression. I spoke to, as I mentioned, I spoke to uh, a member of his legal team, and I also spoke to his uncle, who is also his manager, basically mm-hmm. the leader, uh, the director of his camp, uh, the director of his team, essentially, because we are, after all, dealing with a uh, celebrity in his own right, yeah. um, and you know. I, the way his uncle put it to me was they would love to play for Memphis mm-hmm. this season. Um, but he, they also understand that, you know, they don't get to make that call. Um, that the, there's, you know, the university and possibly the conference and possibly the NCAA. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot, uh, a lot going on uh, that, that's still to be determined. Um, but hopefully, yeah, I would think uh, – we're going to find out what Penny thinks about it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, will be interesting. Going back to the Bahamas last week in the battle for Atlantis, 2-1 and one in those two victories, the first one against Michigan, the second one against Arkansas. I think uh, that game against Michigan, I was really impressed with Ashton Hardaway and what he was able to do shooting the ball and kind of been struggling early trying to kind of put things together, being that freshman coming off the bench. And then the second game, what David Jones did was really remarkable. What were your biggest takeaways from those two wins last week? That were those two, yeah. the, those two uh, things exactly were probably the two biggest takeaways. I mean, if you it, it, obviously Ashton Hardaway is a true freshman, mm-hmm. and we all know that more often than not, true freshman you're going to get uh, some ups and downs. Now, uh, seventeen points hmm. in your fourth career game against Michigan 
after I think having only played three or six minutes or something in the three in the three previous games combined, like that's going to be um, an example of something we could expect on a good night from Ashton Hardaway here and there. That's pretty good. That, yeah. That's that means that means you're uh, you're you're probably in better shape than you bargained for. And then David Jones dropping thirty six. Career high thirty six on Arkansas. Oh, by the way, an Arkansas team that rebounded to beat number seven Duke just earlier this week. Um, you know that's that's real strong uh, as well. But I would say, uh, you know, a couple of under the radar observations. Nick Jordan's performance against Arkansas, yeah. uh, I thought, was just it's it's it showed what he's capable of, and a lot of what he did was you know didn't show up in the box score. Um, just a lot of uh, very high IQ stuff uh, from Nick Jordan, and so that's going to be, I think, something to keep an eye on. And then, of course, the um, uh, RIP to uh, Olivier Kamwa's ankles uh, yeah. on that on that move from Caleb Mills. Uh, he was another one that I thought played uh, played well. Uh, yeah, there that's that's going to be a meme. The internet's going to be cruel <laughs> to that forever. Yeah, I, I would imagine that a young Mr. Olivier would be avoiding social media yes. as much as possible. This, I mean, this just on roller skates. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, it was. And, and what was so crazy is in the moment, I mean, we were sitting courtside. In the moment, I saw his face. I don't know if you guys could pick it up on TV, but he even, <laughs> like when he hit his backside and slid across the floor, he even made a face like, "Oh my God, I just got." I'm toast. <laughs> I'm toast. I mean, I it, really... was, it was uh, it was inc- it was really surreal. Like I've never really seen that before, where yeah. the opposing player who just was probably realizing I, this is going to be bad for me. Um, I'm, I'm never going to live this one down. <laughs> uh, had to give it up. Mm. Like he even he had to give it up to Caleb Mills because that was. <laughs> That was nuts. No, that was wild. Uh, so you get those first two wins, and then Friday, the championship game for the battle for Atlantis. Much different showing for the Tigers against, I think, a, a good Villanova team. And Villanova really came out early and shot the three ball uh, really, really well. What was the the biggest thing you noticed from the Tigers in that final game? Well, I mean, for 30 minutes, everything that could have gone wrong did. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they couldn't do anything right, like literally. There was nothing they – everything they did was wrong Mm -hmm. uh, for 30 minutes of that game. Um, You know, they just – they looked like they didn't even belong in the same building as Villanova. Now, granted, Villanova is a very good team. Um, They were number 18 to start this week for a reason. Obviously, they went late an egg against St. Joe's uh, in their their follow-up game to uh, the Memphis win. But – no, it's a very good team uh, who was playing exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you, you just kind of, it's one game. It's 30 minutes of one game, really. Actually, the last 10 minutes, Memphis outscored, or maybe, maybe I think it was the last nine minutes, Memphis outscored Villanova 31-12. Uh, a lot of people might look at it and say, oh, well, that was garbage time. Villanova had given up at that point. That was not the case. Um, that team kind of got kind of, looked up and there's an 11-0 run and then they panic and it gets worse and um anyway so uh, you know but still uh from that game they got to shore up their three-point defense mm-hmm. and they have to and we knew this going in but they have to they got to figure something out with the rebounding yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of rebounding, I've heard a lot of people kind of raise their concerns this week about the front court play, and specifically Jordan Brown. It has really kind of underperformed, I think, to what a lot of people expected him to come in and do after last season, a really good year at Louisiana, um, named the, the best mid-major player in the country. What have you seen from Jordan Brown uh, to start this season, and what do you think has been the issue through these first couple of games? I mean, I think there's probably a number of contributing factors to the way he struggled, especially this past week. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he did pretty well in the second half against Missouri and played well, obviously, against Alabama State and Jackson State. But uh, down in the Bahamas, it was a big-time struggle. And I would say that, you know, I think he probably just got a little bit caught up in trying to make his mark offensively. Yeah. Um, I mean, the way he kind of explained it, we talked to him yesterday, the way he kind of explained it was, I've got to stop thinking about offense so much and really start to concentrate on rebounding. Mm-hmm. Not that he wasn't focused on rebounding before, but like the picture he painted yesterday was like, that's going to be his singular focus, at least until he can, you know, find uh, find a, a groove. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I... Penny, we asked Penny about the rebounding issue, and he didn't pin it on any one person. He did obviously acknowledge that Jordan Brown is uh, had a rough week, but um, you know he said it's on everybody. He said he said that the main thing is that guys aren't guys. Too many guys are expecting somebody else to box out, mm-hmm. and and they can, and they don't have to. And yeah. when you got three or four guys doing the same thing like that well then nobody's boxing out and you're going to get out rebounded by a ton um so you know i think i think it's yeah like i said it's a a number of factors both with jordan and and without jordan uh individually uh and and honestly i mean uh, good luck against uh against against ole miss tomorrow they got seven foot uh Five, Jamarian Sharps. I know he's not really a rebounder. I think he's averaging like four and a half rebounds a game, uh, but he's still seven foot five. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then of course they've got uh, they're bringing back one Musa Cisse, yeah. the familiar uh, former AAC Freshman of the Year in his one season at Memphis. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how they can do against that front court, and it should be a really entertaining game tomorrow afternoon in Oxford. It was announced earlier today, a sellout down there at the Pavilion after they're coming off a, a 20-point win over NC State. What do you expect in this one tomorrow? Uh, I expect it to be close. Um, I think I'm, I'm giving Ole Miss some credit. Uh, I mean, you know, like before, before they beat, uh, NC State earlier this week by 20. Yeah. Um, they were squeaking by Detroit Mercy and what Temple, Temple I think was yeah. a one point victory. Sam Houston um, was like a three point victory. Yeah, and that was their best win up until they beat NC State. Like they, I don't, I don't want to say they struggled against Alabama State in the season opener, but they only won by ten. They struggled. And <laughs> And I think it was a five-point game with like eight minutes left in the game or yeah. something like that. Like it's it the really value like, of making shots, though. That's what made NC State look, air quotes here, easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and NC State couldn't hit the broad side of a barn right. to save their lives. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm what I'm saying is I think Ole Miss has maybe found something um, with that win over NC State, and obviously they're going to be really, really up for, uh, for, for Memphis because, 
um, after coming in here last year and, and, and losing. Obviously, they're under a new coach and all that, but it's Moose's first game, and Matthew Morell, it's Matthew Morell's last uh, season, right? Yeah. This is, and, and he, so, he has battled. He and Brakefield have battled being consistent mm-hmm. their entire college careers. Let's see if they can be just consistent from a game Tuesday to Saturday. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would imagine that it being his last chance to uh, to see his hometown Tigers that he'll want to leave an impression oh, yeah. uh, on Penny and, and some of the guys that he that he may be uh, familiar with. So I think, uh, yeah, I think Ole Miss is going to be up for it. I think the crowd's going to be intense. Um, but I also think Memphis is, is, you know, take away not looking at the thirty minutes against Villanova where they were terrible. There will be Tiger basketball fans in that building, though, tomorrow. And, and, and Jason, it's always hard. As best you can on your Twitter feed tomorrow, give give me, uh, after about the 10-minute mark, uh, an estimate of what how many Tiger fans you think are there, because I think it will be a goodly number. Yeah. I know. I will, I, okay, I will do that. And, uh, Thank you. I'm, yeah, I'm also looking forward Special to Special request. Uh, it's like calling <laughs> yeah. in and requesting a song with a DJ, isn't it? <laughs> Let me write it down. I'll, I'll, you got I'll it, man. I'll the next, after the next break. Um, but no, I uh, I'm also I'm not looking forward to the traffic though because you know the uh, Mississippi High School. Uh, That's true. That's at Broad Hemingway. Yeah. This weekend, so um, yeah, I'm not really looking forward to the traffic, but I am looking forward to the game, and, and I'm sure the way I'm sure a lot of people are. Absolutely. Do you have a prediction for tomorrow's game? The my my on the record prediction. Uh, uh, I made it yesterday. Eighty. I think it was eighty-two seventy-seven. In overtime. Ooh. Oh, wow. Wow. Memphis, yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah, That'd be a heck of a game. 82-77 OT. Yep. I would love that. My my heart might not like that too much, but uh, but I would love watching it. But now it should be a really really fun game tomorrow afternoon in Oxford. Jason, enjoy it. Enjoy that traffic as much as you be can. Be safe. And we'll do it next Friday. All right. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, Jason, Jason, thank you. Jason Munns with the Commercial Appeal. He covers the Tiger basketball team and does a fantastic job uh, doing so. We talked about Mikey Williams to start the show, and he has um, a ton uh, on Mikey Williams and what has happened over these last 24 hours, talking to a lot of people, um, uh, Pat McCain, um, Mikey's manager and uncle, and and, uh, some attorneys. I mean, just talking to everybody on that case. So he's all over it. Head over to the Commercial Appeal and check out Jason's work. Before we get to a break, I've got to tell you about Hewlett and Dunn Boot and Jean on the historic square in Collierville since 1961. Charles Hall, he started working there in his teens and now with his wife Laura, they own the place known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team in any season. They've got western wear, work boots, safety toe, soft toe, rubber boots, boots for every single occasion. They've got it at Hewlett and done and from head to toe they have you covered with every brand imaginable like Ariat, Dan Post, Anderson Bean whether for men or women they've got clothing like jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear and the best duck head collection you'll find. Charles and Laura Hall they invite you to 111 North Center Street on the square in Carville or to their website hewlettdone.com. They've also got you covered on accessories like hats, sunglasses, boot care products in every area, team snapback or cool 
hat you can think of. Maybe you're heading down to Oxford for that game tomorrow and you need to grab a quick hat to support your team, whether it's the Tigers or Ole Miss. They've got it, but they've also got uh, gear for State, UT, or the Razorbacks. They've got it all at Hewlett and Dunn. And for travel, their bag selection is top-notch. HewlettDunn.com, but please head out to Carville. Give them a visit and say hello at 111 North Center Street on the square in Carville at Hewlett and Dunn. Let's go ahead and get to a break because when we come back, we got to make our picks for all these conference championship games. On the other side, it'll be time for First National Bank and Trust Friday Football Forecast. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Friday football forecast from First National Bank and Trust, a division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas. Real estate isn't something you purchase or develop or desire. It's something you appreciate, respect, and know. With real estate, there's no gray area. You either know it or you don't. First National Bank and Trust, a proud division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas. They've known it since their beginning in 1886. Clients depend on First National Bank because they know real estate. Brooks Winchester, Bill Samish, and many more can assist you in your acquisition of that hunting land, farmland, a construction project. Let First National Bank and Trust make your dreams a reality. 775 Ridge Lake Boulevard, Suite 140 in Memphis, 901-498-5763, or the office in Collierville, or online at fnbtmemphis.com. For commercial real estate, residential construction, or recreational and agriculture financing, let First National Bank and Trust help you. They're a division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas, where I have had an account, been a friend, and been a customer my entire life. Mostly college games this week as we have the championship games this week. And we so appreciate First National Bank and Trust, the division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas, and they wish everyone a happy holiday season. Stable, secure, solid, reliable, consistent through all these years now in West Tennessee, Eastern Arkansas, wherever they are, you can count on one of the one of the cornerstones being customer confidence in that great place. First game tonight in about thirty minutes, mm-hmm. Brian. Are you ready yeah. for it in thirty minutes? I'm ready for it. C U S A. CUSA championship game. You think Britton Banowski will be there? Uh, Our old buddy from CUSA, I don't yeah, think so. Probably not, no, no. CBS Sports Net, I get that, don't I? Uh, yeah, I think you get that. Yeah, I'm six, pretty sure. Six o'clock, Liberty at home. That that game is at home on the campus of Liberty University, Lynchburg, Virginia. William Stadium, Liberty 11.5 point favorite over New Mexico State. Liberty 4-2 and two all-time over New Mexico State. That includes a win this year, September 9th, 23-17. Jamie Chadwell, 43-6 and six since the start of the 2020 season. This was the first double-digit win season for New Mexico State. Only the second one ever in the first since 1960. Bryant, your pick. I'm going to go with Liberty in this one. It's a massive spread, but I'm going to say I'll go with them. I saw the helmets that they're rocking tonight. Kind of a throwback look for Liberty. I like it. It's a good look. I think New Mexico State's coming in with a lot of energy after what they did a couple weeks ago against Auburn, but I don't care. Championship game at home. There's going to be a lot of energy there. I'll take Liberty. I think Liberty wins the game, but not by 11 and a half. Give me Liberty to win 34-31, so plus 11 and a half with the Aggies of New Mexico mm. State tonight at 7 o'clock, the big one tonight, and the the easy ticket into the college football yeah. playoff, the easiest one all weekend, really. 
on ABC Pac-12 Championship game in Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium, Oregon minus nine and a half over the Huskies of Washington. Washington two and zero all time in Pac-12 Championship games, and they lead Oregon all time sixty two forty eight to five. Washington won 36-33 earlier this year. They won 37-34 last year in Eugene. The last five times Oregon and Washington have played, the average margin of victory is 4.6 in the total series. Bo Nix, 37 touchdowns. Michael Penix, 32. 69 combined. Why is Washington such a big underdog? Mm. Give me Washington plus the 9.5, and, and they win straight up. 35-34. Wow, I like it. I mean, Brett, you know how I feel about this line in this game. I've been talking about it all week. I just don't understand. Even if you think, even if you think Oregon blows Washington out tonight, I still don't understand why this line is this large. I'm going to take Washington. Maybe they can beat them. I'm not going to say they win it outright, but I think they keep it under double digits. I mean, that would be crazy if Oregon goes out there and wins by double digits tonight. First uh, agreement we've had, group lock on Washington tomorrow morning early, 11 o'clock, ABC Big 12 Championship game in Arlington, AT&T Stadium, Texas minus 15.5 over Oklahoma State. Texas leads the all-time series 26-11. to Texas won the very first Big 12 championship game in St. Louis over mm. Nebraska in an upset in 1996. They will try to win the last one as well before heading to the SEC. Alan Bowman at quarterback for Oklahoma State after being at Texas Tech and at Michigan. Quinn Ewers had a year at Ohio State, now at Texas. They did not play in the regular season. Give me Texas big, 38-10 to mm. over Oklahoma State. Yeah, I I don't uh, a lot of times like to look at maybe like exterior factors into some of these games, but with Texas going to the SEC, and it's kind of been a little ugly since uh, UT and Oklahoma have announced that they are going to the SEC, I think Texas is going to win this game, and I think they want to go out the door um, in a big, big fashion. We know everything's bigger in Texas, so I think they go out big, and I'm going to take Texas tomorrow. Tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock on ESPN, the MAC championship game from Detroit at Ford Field. Toledo, eight-and-a-half-point favorite over Miami of Ohio. Miami O leads all-time in this series, 28-23. Toledo won this year, 21-17, to back on October 21st. Who do you like? I like Toledo in this game. I've watched a little bit, not much, of both of these teams this year. I believe Miami, Ohio's starting quarterback that they started the season with got injured somewhere um, into the season. Um, I'm not sure how healthy they are. This Toledo team has been fun. Even the games I haven't watched, looking at the scores, um, they run a really fun offense. So I'm going to take Toledo here. I'm going to take Miami plus the points, but Miami to win the game Mm. 28-27. At 2 o'clock on Fox, the Mountain West Championship game, it's in Las Vegas. It's at Allegiant Stadium. Boise State, two-and-a-half-point favorite over the hometown UNLV running Rebs. Boise, 8-3 and three all-time in this series. They last played in 2019. UNLV's last win in this series back in 1976. Wow. Barry Odom with the great job at Vegas mm-hmm. this year. I think they pulled the upset 21-20 over Boise State. 
Brett, wrong team favored in this one. The job Barry Odom has done uh, at UNLV has been unbelievable. I think Boise State, we saw them earlier this season, and obviously that was earlier. A lot can change since then. Teams can get better. I wasn't overly impressed with them. I think this might be, this line might be reflective of the name Boise State and what we all remember them being. I think UNLV wins this one. I don't know if I'd say they win it big, but I think they win it fairly comfortably, maybe by a touchdown. Tomorrow afternoon, 3 o'clock on CBS, for the last time on CBS, the SEC Championship game, much discussed all week on these airwaves mm-hmm. on this show, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, a five-and-a-half point favorite over Alabama. Georgia trying to three-peat, everybody knows that. Bama trying to get in the college football playoff four, about as securitist route as Bama's ever had to get there after the week two loss to Texas. I think Georgia's just too much. Georgia wins 31-21 and covers the five and a half. Mm, I'm going to go the opposite way. I, Brett, I've been ridiculed all year for my lack of backing Nick Saban and Bama after making it a priority in years back that I will never, never bet against Nick Saban. Well, this time, when there is a trophy to be won in Atlanta, I have to back Coach Nick Saban. So give me Bama here. At 3 o'clock on ABC, the AAC championship game on campus in New Orleans at Tulane at Yulman Stadium. Tulane three-and-a-half-point favorites over SMU. SMU leads this all-time series 15-14-1. They didn't play this year in the regular season. Tulane won big last year over SMU. Give me Tulane, 38-17. Mm, I'm also going to take Tulane in this one. I think it could be a competitive game, but I was really impressed with what I saw um, from Tulane last week in their game against UTSA. I know you look at UTSA, they lost a couple games early. You're thinking maybe, um, you know, they're not as good as people thought they would be this year, but that was without Frank Harris. Frank Harris came back. They looked like a really, really good team. Um, really, took care of business against USF the week before playing Tulane, and I thought this team was going to come in um, looking for a big win over Tulane, and Tulane really made it look easy last week. Now with Preston Stone out for SMU, I'm worried about what this offense will look like. So yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take Tulane minus a three and a half, but I do think it's going to be a fun game tomorrow afternoon. Another championship game on campus at three o'clock on ESPN. The Sun Belt Championship game at Veterans Memorial Stadium in Troy, Alabama. App State leads this series all time eight to three. Troy a six and a half point favorite tomorrow. App State beat Troy thirty two twenty eight last year. John Summerall's team twenty two and four the last two years. Give me Troy thirty four seventeen laying the six and a half at home over App State. Brett, I said it earlier this week, and I'm sticking to it. I think even though all the eyes are going to be on the Pac-12 game, all the eyes are going to be on the SEC, the Big 12, ACC, for good reasons, because those games are going to dictate what happens with the college football playoffs. This could very well be the best game of championship week, and I think two very evenly matched teams, two really fun teams to watch. And Brett, I think this game's going to come down to a few points, so I'm going to take App State plus the 6.5. At 7 o'clock tomorrow night, ACC championship game in Charlotte. Bad weather forecast for that one on ABC at Bank of America Stadium. FSU a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Louisville. FSU leads all-time 17-6, first time they've ever played when the game's not either been in Tallahassee Mm. or in Louisville. It will be in Charlotte. Who do you like? 
Uh, I'm going to go with Florida State here. I know me too. Uh, that, that everything going on with the backup quarterback, this really might just be me wanting Florida State to win. I want them to make the college football playoffs. I want to see Mike Norvell in that position because I think he's a really talented coach and a really good guy. So I'm going to take Florida State here minus the two and a half. Ditto. I'm, I'm every one of those things. Hope the best for yeah. Mike Norvell. And if they win, it should not even be a debate. No, They're not in. At all. So far, we've had agreement on five. We've had oh. disagreement on four. Will we on the last mm. one? Seven o'clock on Fox. Big Ten Championship game. Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Michigan, a 22 and a half point favorite over Kurt Ferentz, Iowa Hawkeyes. Ten and two, Iowa. How about that? That's a pretty hmm. good record, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Michigan leads all time, 44-15-4. to They met in this game two years ago in 2021, and it was all Michigan. Deacon Hill at quarterback for Iowa, five touchdowns passing, six interceptions. It's the definition of pedestrian. Michigan <laughs> blasts them, 35-3. to Brett, not so fast. I'm going with the Hawkeyes. Not, not straight up. Plus, no, 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 okay. no, no. Plus, hey, Michigan wins. They probably win pretty easy. This is probably a 14-point victory, maybe even a 21-point victory. But, Brett, we're sitting here talking about a conference championship game where the betting public thinks that Michigan wins by at least four scores. I mean, that would be remarkable. And it very well could happen with the way Iowa plays, but I think it's defense defense is good enough to at least, and I feel crazy saying this, keep it within three touchdowns. <laughs> That's all you want, isn't it? That's all I need. So, so you take Iowa. So we agree on five. We disagree on five. There will be plenty of blood there. Only in, only NFL locks and shocks this week. My lock, Miami, minus nine and a half mm. at Washington. That once was a Super Bowl. That's twice been a Super Bowl. Wow. Excuse me. And my shock is Cleveland, plus the three and a half at the Rams. Your lock and shock. My lock is going to be the Indianapolis Colts minus one and a half over the Titans. This is something I've been doing lately, kind of backing this Colts team. A lot of people down to their backup quarterback, but I think they can get a win um, tomorrow, Sunday, I should say, uh, in that one. And then my shock, I'm going to take the Broncos plus three and a half on the road over Houston. How can you not ride this Denver Broncos team, the turnaround they've had, this win streak they're on? I love this Houston team. I love C. J. Stroud, but you've got a young quarterback down there and a young team. I think the Broncos very well could win this one straight up. That's our picks for this Friday football forecast. We do it every Friday, and we think First National Bank and Trust, a division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas, so very, very much. For all your real estate purchases, commercial, ag, hunting, recreational, contact them at fnbt.com or call them at 901-498-5763. Well, let's go ahead and get to our final break of the day. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show. We'll wrap up this week with Taco Bell Crunch Time. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett and Dunn Boot and Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Go crazy, folks! 
Esmeralda. It is press time. You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned today, this happened last night on the New York Knicks uh, basketball broadcast of their game last night against the Pistons. Um, and really incredible. Mitchell Robinson, um, who I think is a, a really good player for the Knicks, this story was told last night on their broadcast. His high school coach, Butch Stockton, um, he became really close to him, obviously coached him in high school, but they remained close through college and professional. Well, unfortunately, uh, Butch's wife passed away in September, and he was interviewed last night. He said Mitchell Robinson, while she was in the hospital, he used to visit all the time, coming in, just talking to him, seeing how everybody was doing, checking in. And then at the funeral, um, Mitchell Robinson stepped up and, and said that he wanted his former head coach, Butch Stockton, to come up to New York because of all of this grieving and this this just terrible thing that happened. He wanted him to come up to New York and live with him um, and be his roommate um, so that he could kind of take his mind off of things, obviously being around the Knicks organization and stuff up in New York and kind of away from all of that that happened. So um, his high school coach has been living with him since the start of the season, and this is a story they covered last night on the Knicks broadcast. Just a really, really uh, unfortunate that that his wife passed away, but really cool to see Mitchell Robinson staying so close and so tight with his with his former coach. Just so kind. There's so many of those great stories yeah. out in sports, and I wish we could tell more of Absolutely. those and, and and less of some of the more unflattering ones that the the good stories far and away outnumber mm, the unflattering mm-hmm. stories. I, I, I didn't learn this today, but I, I know this going into the weekend, the last remaining undefeated team in SEC basketball, Ole Miss. Yeah. Yeah, it really and, is, and and you know that, that that's that's an accomplishment for them because they've had some really uh, close games. They've dodged some potential uh, landmines, but tomorrow is the biggest test of the year mm-hmm. against a mighty Memphis team. Pinning the Tigers, looking to avenge the narrow Pavilion loss two years ago, and that loss last Friday to Vill- Villanova. This is the first time back out there tomorrow for the Tigers yeah. since the Bahamas. Yeah, no, it's going to be a fun one tomorrow. What I could have done without, Brad, I don't know if you saw this story earlier today kind of making the rounds on Twitter, and I saw, and I, I do have an update about it. Um, earlier this morning, um, police found out in front of an Oklahoma State fraternity a, uh, a, a dead longhorn on the lawn, and obviously this sparked a lot of people Come to talk about Oklahoma State trying to, you know, do something yeah. before the game against Texas and it looked really bad. I mean, just a, I mean, it's still a terrible look. Um, but I have gotten an update. I have seen on social media that this had nothing to do with the game tomorrow against Texas that this fraternity, Farmhouse Fraternity and another fraternity on campus at Oklahoma State, they have been going back and forth with each other and, you know, doing pranks and stuff and it elevated a couple weeks ago to where they were 
leaving dead rodents and animals on each other's lawns, and that somebody in the opposing fraternity house, his grandfather, had found this dead cattle in his field and asked his grandson to come remove it, and him and his buddies went to go remove it, and they thought of this great idea, let's go throw it in the lawn of the other fraternity house. Just really, really uh, gruesome, and, and I just could have done without it, no matter if it had to do with the game or not. It really, really, really does. Um, for you, uh, Google, when we get done, what Jackie Sherrill did motivationally one year before Mississippi State played Texas. Okay, I will. What I could have done with that, I just didn't see anything that tells me Tiger Woods can compete mm, yeah. once a month next year on the PGA Tour. Yeah. He may play, but that's not competing, and that will not be fun for him. It will not be fun uh, missing cuts or finishing T-47. And if he has to wear that red and black on a Sunday to finish T-47, that mm. won't have the same zing it always had. No, it won't. And it's been, I mean, I think I saw a better day today than yesterday, but still, I mean, it just and, looks and, like... And not as limpy, gimpy today. Yeah, absolutely. It looked like he yeah. moved better. Yeah, he, he, looked, he looked better today, but still, you're right. He just doesn't look like he can compete at that level anymore. Where are you beaming tonight? Atlanta SEC yeah. championship game tomorrow. The stakes speak for themselves. A chance uh, that both are left out. Remote chance mm. both are in. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be. Um, it's a, a lot better of, chance both are left out. It, 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 which is crazy to think. Um, Brett, can I just beam everywhere this weekend? I mean, there sure. are so many good options, but if I had to limit down to one, I'm going down to Oxford tomorrow. I mean, this game, um, how these two teams have played to open the season, the fact that it's going to be a sellout tomorrow, it should be a great environment. I'm curious to see how the Tigers bounce back tomorrow after a week off the last time we saw them. I want to see Quinterly's knee. I want to see Quinterly's knee. I want to see what Musa Cisse looks like mm-hmm. in an old Miss uniform. That one, I'm really excited for tomorrow. First big test for Chris Beard. First really yeah. big game and a great opponent. I'm going to keep a close eye on that tomorrow. I'm going to keep a close eye on all the championship college football games. One starting here in mere moments. Yeah. The ACC uh, conference play begins tomorrow. There's a Big that? Ten game tomorrow. I hope in the future AAC and SEC adopts this. I want mm-hmm. a little more meat on the bone yeah. in December scheduling in AAC and SEC, and especially with how big these conferences are. And then into the NFL on Sunday, we're all looking forward to 49ers in Philadelphia. Yeah, that one's going to be really, really fun on, on Sunday. And I said it with my, my bingo. It really could. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be saying that that is the game you're going to see in the NFC Championship game. Um, so really excited for everything this weekend. Brett, we've got a, we got a conference game in the C on the CW tomorrow in the ACC for basketball. It's we do back to the CW, Brett. We're not that one just wait. football, Brett. That's football and basketball. So make sure you keep an eye on the CW tomorrow. But let me remind you before we leave what um, we'll have this weekend here on Sports Fifty Six tomorrow. Ole Miss at Memphis. We'll have complete coverage um, for the Ole Miss Rebels pregame starting at twelve thirty with that tip at one o'clock on Sunday. We've got a triple header: Chargers at Patriots at noon. 49ers at Eagles at three, that really um, big game. And then the nightcap, Chiefs at Packers at 7 p.m. Monday. I know we'll talk to you before then, but we'll also have Bengals at Jaguars for Monday night football. So it should be a really fun weekend. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you again Monday afternoon at 3 o'clock.